Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to the Millennial Divide. I'm back. Woo-hoo. Welcome. Please never leave again. It was oh, so stressful. You guys, oh it was goodness. really good. I really thought, I was listening, I was like, I've got to have to up my game. Oh, really? Yeah. I was giggling along. I was a bit, you're a bit rogue, you know, good on you for trying to get a few in while I was away. <laughs> I know. I really took advantage of some things, didn't I? Oh, oh it the, But no. it's stressful, Amy, being in that anchor seat. You did very well, Dim. That's why I, I handled it to well. Dim. Yeah. It wasn't even, so you know, it wasn't even a discussion. Ellen was like, and of course, Dimity, you will start, so let's go. And I was like, well, hello. <laughs> it was very stressful. Well, you did a great job, but um, I'm back. Thank you. And Claire, thanks for your seat warmer. You yeah. can fill in any time. <laughs> you taking over Amy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to like drop my research this week. Good. I'm prepared. Good. I'm prepared. So I'm Amy. I'm 37 and I'm at the top end of this great generation. I'm Ellen. I'm 33 and I'm in the middle of these two lovely ladies. I'm Dimity and I'm the youngest member at 27 and I still have to read that. Why I know who I am. I've, I've written age. it down. I know. It is I confusing. naturally now. Yeah, yeah, that really should. But anyway, it's been a big week and lots to talk about on the podcast. So let's jump right in. So pop culture tonight, we're going to talk about the honey badger and his mental health. Mm. Lots to discuss. Mm. We're going to also talk all things royal baby. Hashtag royal baby. Very exciting. Megan's pregnant. We have a special guest star today and we are super duper duper excited to have Rosie Waterland on our show. What an amazing feat. Rosie is a friend of the pod and we're just so excited to talk to her about side hustles. And we've got a recommendation, Care of L. I'm fully on board with this one. I know, it's exciting. It is really exciting. Oh. Famous in love. And he likes it. Yeah. Surprising. Oh, nice. okay. I was surprised too. Yeah. And a question from Elle and a mantra from me. So let's kick off. Okay, so Honey Badger's had a tough time. Let's wind back the clock a little bit. So what happened? Honey Badger is Nick Cummins. He was The Bachelor from this year. On The Bachelor, not sure if you guys knew, what you meant to do, (laughs) you go on the show, you have lots of lovely ladies to choose from, and then you get down to two and you pick one. That's what you do. I think we've all been a bit confused. Yeah. Honey Badger got confused particularly. Okay. Yeah. He got to the end. He's like, I did not (laughs) realise this was the outcome of this show. And is this Survivor? Where am I? Where? So he's oh, like, shit. I haven't been voted off yet. Singer. Did I win? He's like, I was on, I wanted to do the Kokoda and then I ended up here and I was on an island. Yeah. He's, he's very confused. More confusing for him is that people were emotionally invested in this show, <laughs> which is surprising. People have gotten very, very angry. People are angry at yes. Honey Badger. They really Hashtag are. Hashtag rage. Why are they mad? What well, did he do? So what he did. He did not pick any. Mm. And that, that was where he went wrong. 
that was really the... That was the premise of the show. Okay. And unfortunately for everybody on the show, mm. um, except for Channel 10 who got massive ratings out of it. Of course. Uh, Honey Badger forgot to pick one or, you know, just was a bit ho-hum. But so Honey Badger then went off, walked the Kokoda because that is just a PR gold. Why wouldn't you put him on the Kokoda? I think that's brilliant. Channel 10 publicity, good thinking. Can't argue with Kokoda. No, you can't fight that. No. He's doing good. He's doing really good. Mm. The only other thing he could have done is like maybe Gallipoli. Yeah. Could have gone to Gallipoli. Sure. Or like or some a humanitarian little, yeah, mission or third something. world country. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Something something helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so tick, 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 Channel 10 publicity, good on you. Get him out of the country. But they weren't prepared for Channel 9. <laughs> and a current affair brought out their best material when they doorstopped him in his robe <laughs> in a luxury resort. Post the Kokoda. We assume post the Kokoda. <laughs> we don't know that he actually did. I'm sure he did Honey Badger. But anyway, he was in a luxury resort. He felt very surprised by this ambush yes. and felt the need to come back on the project on Sunday night to mm. clarify. So he spoke. Definitely not part of the contract. That was like oh. as a direct response. Yeah, there was <laughs> no like, PR Because the way to then. shut down publicity is definitely to do more interviews. More, more do more. Get out there. Yeah. Get your name out there. So Honey Badger got on. And I was very, I've been very angry at Honey Badger too. I'm upset. He should have, like, how, just date them for a few weeks for goodness sake. Welcome to the real world, Amy. (laughs) This is fucking dating, all right? I was like, yes, Honey Badger, thank you. That's exactly what it feels like. Sadness and sorrow and (laughs) devastation and no one wins. That is dating. Part of me is like, well, at least he's honest. But then the other part was, well, he had 30 girls to choose from. And if you couldn't find one that you kind of wanted to date. That is literally, I cannot emphasise this enough, that's being on Tinder. That is literally, you could swipe hundreds and you're like, what is wrong with me? They're all really great. But none of them uh, get your final rose, whatever the analogy is you want to use. That is the real world, Too people. much choice. Is that his problem? Pe- he had too oh, much probably. choice. Maybe that was. Yeah, maybe maybe he wants to get onto Love Island. Yeah. But as lovely, have even more choice. As Brit said, why would you turn up for the lunch when you've already had the buffet? <laughs> Which is probably my favourite line of the whole series. But, so, all right, I was pretty angry at Honey Badger. I was very sympathetic. Anyway. Oh, at Honey Badger? Yeah, oh, totally. I was like, yes, it's exactly what you should have done instead of doing the same thing that everybody else has done, which has been like, I choose you. I think I love you. (laughs) And I might marry you, but it's a promising engagement ring. exactly. And then two months Mm. later, lo and behold, the contract ends, they Mm. break up. No, 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 no. Not my Honey Badger. I was off him the whole season. I was like, oh, this guy. Nah, okay. I'm on board. Anyway, continue. Well, I was disappointed. So I was all ready to get fired up watching Honey Badger on the project and then he started talking about his mental health and he genuinely looked really sad mm. and he said it's the lowest he's ever been and that includes having time, periods of time post-injury in wheelchairs. Mm. He said he's never been so flat and down and they and the question was are you is this an emo, highly emotional thing or is this more of a depression and he said everything. So, and that made me really change my mind about Honey Badger Mm. and think about that these are people too. (laughs) These are real people. And what the hell are we doing to these people putting them on air when clearly some of them, and particularly Honey Badger seems a bit more um, uh, level-headed. Yeah. But Mm. I mean, one in, I did the stats, one in eight men in Australia will have depression. One in Mm. five men will have anxiety. And 
there just seems to be no duty of care to these participants on these mm. shows. You know, I've, when I started to deep dive, there are incidents of suicide of yeah. contestants in other countries. Of um, I saw that pros- one. Yeah, in um, she was on Love Island, and her name was Sophie Graydon. Mm. And they said one of her friends said, "I can't say a hundred percent that Love Island did this, but I think it was a contributory factor because she got trolled so badly." And also Tracy Jewell from Married at First Sight last season, she says that one of the big reasons she says that she overdosed when she was travelling in Europe and one of the big reasons was that she was bullied by online after her time on Married at First Sight. And my first question was, one, who's bullying these people? Like, really? It's huge. It's so bringing just, it closer to shore as well back in Australia. Previous contestants have talked about this too from The Bachelor, like Sam Frost. Mm. She was really well liked. Mm. Really, people loved her season when she was The Bachelorette and she was in The Bachelor as well. But she had a, a really awful time on social media. She got horrendous bullying mm. in part because she became a radio presenter and got more scrutiny through that. But so much so that she has gone on to create a website that is intended to kind of support people through their mental health mm. struggles. And it says on her website, because she has personally gone through a public battle with depression, anxiety and relationship breakdowns. Mm. And in that same season of The Bachelorette, her partner that she chose and then ended up um, not being with Sasha Mielsbrick, mm. he also spoke about it um, in detail mm. prior, I think, to Sam Frost coming out. He said, and I quote, I'm a blokey bo- bloke. I suffered in silence and didn't talk about it. I remember one time I'd finished work and was having a chat to mum on the phone. She asked if I was okay and I said, yeah, yeah, I'm all good. But she could tell something was up. And that was directly, that he says, that's a res- as a mm. response of his time on these reality TV shows. Yeah, I also, it doesn't, it feels like they cast to get really strong reactions Mm. and sometimes those reactions are because maybe someone is unwell and they're not maybe fit. And I know there are psychologists on um, set and so forth, but again, Sam Frost said she had this fantastic psychologist on set and then she has claimed that um, she couldn't access that psychologist after she left Mm. the show. Mm. So her continuity of care was really disrupted Mm. as well and who knows what the contractual obligations were. Mm. But I just think, I mean, for all my enjoyment of these shows and you get a lot of pleasure out of watching these cuckoo cuckoos, but, you know, that there is such a, a emotional cost mm. on these individuals mm. and I, I do wonder what the duty of care is. And you do also see it, if anyone's watched Unreal, which was created by Sarah Gertrude, who was the former producer on The Bachelor in America, and it's a larger-than-life dramedy of what The Bachelor is behind the scenes and what the producers actually go through. And, you know, they're labelling girls wifey or slut and they all, you know, design the the world so that they're drunk all the time and that they create drama and, you know, it's taken to the next level. But you do now, I watch The Bachelor, I'm like, mm. oh, I wonder how much was, you know, pulled by the sweets, mm, yeah. the strings of the pop-up it's masters. Totally manipulated, yeah. Yeah. To bring a positive out of this, isn't it quite lovely that we are now talking about mental health through this mm. and particularly through these, you know, through men coming out and talking about it. You know, Amy, you just quoted that stat, that shocking stat about the amount of men who suffer from depression or some mental health issue. Mm. This is brought this conversation into the open in a really public way. So, and I'm not advocating for people having (laughs) to suffer in order for that to happen, but to 
find a silver lining. Exactly. It's nice that we're talking about it. Yeah, I I think that's absolutely spot on, Dim. And I just want to remind anyone, if anyone's having a tough time, um, you can call Beyond Blue 24 hours a day, seven days a week on 1300 224636. That's 1300 224636. Or you can call Lifeline. And Lifeline's a great service. Again, 24 hours a day. It's anonymous. And you can call on 131114. That's 131114. So that's an Australian numbers. So plus six one if you're overseas. But do call those numbers if you're having a tough time. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I am now extremely excited to bring the next segment forward. We have a guest star. And for the first time, sorry, Mum, she actually is a star. <laughs> Mum is a star in our own life. Yes. But, but Not a social media star. No. Or yet. <laughs> a famous author slash comedian slash triple threat screenwriter. She does it all. So, Dim, talk us through the lovely Rosie Waterland. So... We have here Rosie Waterland. She's author of The Anti-Cool Girl, as well as Every Lie I've Ever Told, as well as a podcaster in her own right of a very, very, very successful podcast. Mum Says My Memoir is a Lie. She's also a contributor to literally every comedy thing ever because she's a comedian and very funny. And for that reason, we thought she's the perfect person to have a conversation about the importance of the side hustle and making sure that you have multiple well, fingers in multiple <laughs> honeypots. Is that a gross analogy, Rosie? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it's, um, I don't know, it felt like innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> you can take that however you want, my friend. <laughs> anyway, so basically it's coming out, like lots of like very fancy, you know, financial advisors and people who know things about money are like, okay, people, this is like the millennial generation. We're not about these nine to fives anymore. It's not about like staying in the same job for 40 years and getting your long service leave and your gold watch. This is all about getting, you know, doing lots of different kinds of things, having multiple streams of income. And that's, that's your life, right? Like this is, this is how you live your life, your best life. Yes. I mean, when you asked me to do this and you were like, oh, we're doing a show on, on being a hustler, like, will you come on? I was like, I don't think I do that. <laughs> I think that's the wrong, yeah. is that then a different you, term? That's a hustler? different show, Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> and then you described it to me and I was like, oh, I guess I do that. But I kind of have inadvertently done it. Like, I haven't been. Yeah, it was, ne- super, it was never your intention. Like, I yeah, I haven't put in effort to be like a ma- to have a major side hustle. It's just kind of how it's turned out for me. Well, you've bloody led the trend, so people are following you now. Tell them what to do. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it it does come from for me, especially being in a creative industry. Um, you kind of just have to be often creating your own work, and that's something. They taught us that at drama school, God, way back when I was uh, between the ages of 17 and 21, I went to drama school and um, they used to say, like, 
you know, you can't wait around for auditions and you can't wait around to get jobs. Like you have to create your own work. You have to be your own producer. And so, you know, I'm not the best actor in the world. So when the acting school thing sort of, I was like, this isn't probably going to lead anywhere. I started writing some more. And then, you know, when the writing started going well, I wrote a book and then, um, you know, I wanted to do a podcast. So I did a podcast and, I really wanted to work on TV shows, so I started working on other shows. And, and, I mean, I guess it's just the nature of being a freelancer is you need the money, so you take <laughs> the work when you can get it. But it's also the nature of just being a creative person. Like, I often just do jobs or create projects because I really want to do them. I guess, though, Rosie, what's really interesting is that you've been able to monetize them. And that's what I guess a lot of people struggle with is they might be creative or they might have ideas, but to actually then convert that into a viable income and and make a profession out of it, what advice would you give to people to actually make, create something that they can then convert and, and actually live off? I mean, I would say, first of all, it's create a social media presence, which I'm not going to lie, my social media presence comes completely from writing Bachelor Recaps. Like, <laughs> you know, like 100 you people followed proud, me. You stand proud, Rosie. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I don't care. 100 people followed me before I started doing those. And by the time I finished, it was over 100,000. And so... <gasps> wow. But you hustled. Like, I was working with you when you did that. You were hustling on that. You were, you know, you were posting frequently. You were doing, you know, engaging content. Well, and you were thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, I definitely thought about how to cultivate it the best way I could, Mm. but I never really wanted to be a social media personality. Like I just kind of wanted people to read the recaps and I knew that people found the recaps by going through my social media channels. So I just wanted them to be looking at my social media channels. And then, you know, after um, I stopped writing the recaps, I had a big enough social media following that it got my foot in the door at certain places. So, I mean, the reason I got a book deal is, you know, because I'm talented and I have a story to tell, (laughs) but also because publishers these days are looking for authors who come with an audience already there, Mm. which I had. And then other things like products that I've been paid to be an ambassador for, like I'm an ambassador for the period undies Modi Body, you know, that a lot of that has to do with the fact that I just have a huge audience. It's worth it for them to pay me to like bump their products. So, I mean, it, I can't like recommend highly enough the importance of really making sure you nurture your social media presence. But I mean, don't do it just for the sake of it. I think people can spot if you're being disingenuous from Mm. a mile away. And that's always been very important to me. Like I don't post things just for the sake of posting. And I don't like put up content just because, oh, seven o'clock on (laughs) Monday night is the prime posting time. Like I I don't know any of that stuff. Mm. I don't think about that stuff. Like when I started dating my boyfriend, he told me my Facebook page had, my Facebook had analytics. And I was like, does it? (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I always, you've got to post stuff that's you because like the reason I'm so popular is that people really like my, I guess you would call it a brand. I mean, it's really just me, but it's just, you know, I always post, I never post anything that I wouldn't want to see myself. I always just post stuff that I think is funny. Like I always, um, I, everything I put up is just something that I would put up whether 10 people were following me or 100,000 people were following me. So, I mean, I think that's a huge part of it too. Like people can feel it if you're genuine. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I think that that's something that you've carried through is that you've made decisions that are quite authentic for use of a really wanky word. <laughs> but they, you know, you're like, you're, you're making decisions for what you are, for all of the things that you're doing and all of the different, you know, honey pots that you've got your fingers in. All of them are things that really are quite genuine for you. You know, you've not made any decisions that aren't genuine to what you're interested in. Well, yeah. I mean, with the deal I have with Modi Body, I initially just posted about how much I loved the undies because I just bought them. And I was Mm. like, I cannot believe how much of a miracle this is. Like, these undies literally soak up your period. Like, I was losing my (laughs) mind. And then they saw, like, how much I loved them, but also how much traction the post got. And so they got in touch with me and just said, you know, would you want to do this kind of in a more, um, I guess, like, official capacity and I was like yeah all right like I'm gonna be posting about it anyway and it's the same with um, my lashes like everyone goes on about my lashes and I initially just went and got lash extensions myself and paid for it and I fucking love the oh my life is swearing your podcast. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Dim does Dim, it all the time. Dim's definitely love done it. So much. Yeah, like I flipped out over them and I posted about it and the head of the salon contacted me and said when you posted about um, your lash extensions, our booking system um, crashed. <laughs> wow. And so she was oh, my so God, you're the Meghan and- Markle dress of lash extensions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this was at the peak of Bachelor time, so I guess a lot of people were looking at my stuff anyway. But she was like, you know, I would be so happy to, like, just do your lashes for free if you would post every now and again. And I was like... Sweet ass. Like, like, I've never really, um, yeah, like I get sent, people send me stuff and people ask me to do stuff like that, but it makes me kind of uncomfortable because like I said, I'm not a social media influencer, like I'm a writer, but if if a couple things pop up, I'm like, and I like the product anyway, I'm like, yeah, man, I'll take... I'll take your dough. <laughs> Rosie. I'm going to pay rent. <laughs> Rosie, I get what you're saying about it, you know, because you're so creative and I think that's probably always come in the way of creative people. But my husband's in education and he's got a blog, Upgrade, Think, Learn, plug, 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 <laughs> if you're a teacher, love teachers, get onto it. But I was wondering if you think it's also the medium we have now that's made it easier to have side hustles and whether you think you've seen a transition in the time you started writing, you know, years ago, and now you, if it's easier for you to have side hustles. Oh, definitely. I mean, when I was at drama school back in 2005 to 2007, there was no concept of having any kind of base online. Like, I mean, MySpace didn't even exist until after I graduated. <laughs> so for us, it was just like, finish drama school, try and get an agent. And then when they said create your own work, it was basically like put on your own plays at like amateur theatres. <laughs> so, mm. so now like the, the idea of creating your work has taken on a whole new meaning mm. because there's, you know, an audience at your fingertips. You just have to create stuff that they want to read. And like I happen to be quite good at that. So, I mean, that's like why... I write predominantly online. You know, I make I made okay money from my books, but you know, there's not a lot of money in publishing like traditional publishing. So, I mean, day to day, I you know, mainly my main income comes from, you know, the column I have for Nine Honey and um and like TV writing jobs that I pick mm. up here and there. So, 
I just yeah, love Rosie. Answer, you've got to do a bunch of stuff. Mm. I love that your your um, time at drama school actually like paved the way for your future financial success. Like when has that ever happened? <laughs> that going <laughs> to know. drama school is actually well, like. I, mean, I will say that there are some people, uh, some quite a lot actually, of people who I went to drama school with who never diversified. Like they finished drama school. They got an agent and, you know, they'll go to auditions and they might get like one McDonald's commercial a year. Mm. Um, and that's all they're still doing. And that's because they never diversified. They ne- Like when I finished and I was like, okay, I'm never going to make money or, or, you know, a significant amount of money as a professional actor as much as I would love to do that. I was like, I got to start doing other stuff. So I went back to uni. I did my writing degree, and and then things went from there. And I have to say, it's the people from drama school who kind of um, reached out and started doing other stuff who now kind of have more of a foothold in the entertainment industry. And it's funny because it all came full circle. Like I get acting jobs now. Like I've probably done a lot more TV acting than most of them, and that comes, I think, from you know, I kind of got into those jobs by doing a whole lot of other stuff there. Yeah, maybe actors were just leading the way as to how professions are going across the board because that's what people are going to have to do. They'll mm. have to skill up and have lots of different skills they can lean on. And They'll have to be a triple threat. They real not even triple, like quadruple at least. Well, yeah, you just have to be able to do kind of anything. I mean, yeah. there have been TV writing jobs that I've had that, you know, um, from being in the room and you meet people in that room and then, you know, another kind of different job will come up. Like like I've been asked to do different kinds of writing jobs based on, you know, a job that I did with someone last time. And, like, you need to just go, yeah, okay, I'll be able to do that. Like, you can't – it's when you're, you know, living job to job and that kind of stuff is how you pay your rent. You've got to be able to do that stuff. So, Mm. I mean, I even felt like when I was – uh, on the writing staff for Tonightly recently, um, all those guys there are amazing because they all have, like, the editing skills as well. So, I mean, I felt so useless. I would be really helpful in the mornings and I would help write all the skits and then I would be in them and it would be amazing. And then it would get to 3 o'clock and that's the time when it all gets loaded up into a computer and someone starts editing it and then I, I was useless. Like, And they all know how to do all of that as well. So now I'm thinking, man, I really need to go and do a course in like, you know, production and editing because I wish I knew how to do that stuff in for myself. In all your spare time. Yeah, that's true. Rosie, that's bloody very great advice about the side hustle and I feel like I have now understood the importance of growing my own social media platform in order to get free stuff. So thank you so much. <laughs> but really, You're thank so you. You're welcome. I will say, though, just like I want to make this clear because a lot of people are like, how do you get those jobs? And that's something I used to ask as well. I used to be like, yeah, but how do you get them? And a huge part of it, you guys, is that I have an agent and that's very, very helpful. That's good to know. Yeah. When my book sold really well, I had, you know, some agents reach out to me. I signed with one and that is really helpful because especially in the creative industry, people will often reach out to an agent rather than a person. So that has also – so I'm not just like, you know – a jobs genie and I just get all these amazing jobs by myself. Like I do also have someone in my corner helping me, you know, Mm. make those contacts and stuff. Yeah, that's really good to know. And I suppose to generalise it, that means like people who are looking to have multiple streams of income, relying on people who know more than them in order to 
you know, help mm. them get yes, people in exactly. your corner. Because yeah. I know nothing. <laughs> so I needed someone to help me. I mean, you can have the skills and the talent, but you need someone else to kind of help you do something with it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Rosie. Thank That's you awesome, Rosie. Thank you, you so, so much. much. Bye. Bye. Okay, so moving on to the big news of the week, Megan Markle. Megan Markle. Having a baby. Having a baby. So if you haven't heard, God, I don't know where you've been, but Megan Markle, our most favouritest duchess, except for Kate, I don't want to pick favourites, <laughs> is having a baby that is due in springtime. And for anyone that's interested, I've done the maths as I love to do. That was the first thing I did too. Okay. Same. All right. So we have got Meghan Markle expecting a baby in spring, which is, of course, in Australian time frames, autumn, which means that it's roughly she's due between March 20th to 21st of June, according to spring dates in the UK. Now, she was married in May, which means pregnant in June, July or August. Good hustle. Yeah, Megan. Okay. She got onto it. Yeah, yeah, really good. Good hustle. on Megan. So, are we excited? Do we care? I was, and then I wasn't. Oh, once I heard it, I was like, oh, that's nice. And now they're really going on about it. And every time you see them in an appearance, it's here's a toy for the baby, and oh, you've got, you know, I'm just, of course, because as we should note, she's actually currently in our she's country in doing a royal tour yes. of our land down under, which is very exciting. Yeah, um, like lovely for them, but I don't know her. <laughs> I'm worried about the Zika. Oh, I'm very worried because there was an article <laughs> about. Oh, oh, maybe two months ago. I was not excited. I forgot I that that, exi- that existed as a, as a yeah. know, potentially yeah. dangerous well, congenital disease. Well, one of, yes. one of mm. the UK publications, I can't remember which one, said went out and said basically Megan will not be pregnant until... Well, it's like five years or something, Well, yeah, it? they'd worked out the maths. They'd mm. given us six months. You meant to wait, I don't know, a That's period a of time while. after you returned from a Zika country to then conceive. Mm. So they'd done the maths and they worked out that she couldn't even conceive until sometime in 2019, in oh. which case the baby could not be born until X. So they actually went out with a headline not that long ago saying, well, the Duchess will not be pregnant because of Zika. And then these royals are mm. so amazing in their authority, they must have got rid of the mozzies in Tonga and Fiji. <laughs> They're incredible. I know because they can do anything. I've done my homework and you need to wear long pants and tops. I hope someone's told mm. her that. Apparently there's a repellent you can get that's very effective, but you must rub it on like a lotion. <laughs> <laughs> Did okay. I tell you guys when I went to Cambodia last year, I um, spent some time when I was in Cambodia last year, I spent some time in a tropical island and I wasn't aware that malaria was a bit of a big deal and I just was like... Oh, you didn't take malaria tablets? I didn't know because I didn't ask. It is my fault. But I got completely mozzie-bitten all Mm. over my feet. And you got malaria. Did you have the hallucinations? Well, do you guys exist right now (laughs) or not? So you are... Somewhat okay. I, I can only assume. This is a wonderful fantasy, if not. Well, back to Megan. Well, are you excited, Amy? Yes, I'm excited, excited. because I I don't mind Megan. I wasn't so on board with her early days. Oh, really? I'm, I'm liked more her. more on board now. Yeah. But she, um, why am I on board? She turned up to Dubbo today and oh, she'd she baked her own banana bread. Oh, how good was really? that? Really? Yeah. She'd baked her own banana bread. Oh, I think she's, I'm, I'm not not excited because I don't like her. I think I like, I think Prince Harry's awesome. She's great. I just 
you know, I don't, they're strangers. I do feel sorry for her because. I feel sorry for her. What must she be? Like, she's at least 12 weeks. She's feel, probably more like I'm 16 sorry. weeks. You feel sorry for Meghan Markle. I feel sorry for oh, the princess from your in her tower. Lies. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. I feel sorry for being early days pregnant and having to be on tour in another country and yeah. smiling at people and making a lot of small talk. And, and you just want to throw up on your banana cake. When you just feel car sick all the time. Yeah. yeah I feel for that. I yeah. think she's going to be okay, you guys. <laughs> all right. Okay. So we're moving on. Yeah. Right. I'm so excited about this segment. This is my favourite segment of the whole show. Oh, oh Rosie, Rosie. I loved having Rosie on. Oh, Rosie, Rosie, you're my favourite. And then this is my <laughs> next one. And then Megan. Oh, and then Honey Badger. Actually, there's lots oh. to talk about this episode. But I'm really excited about it. So some context. Yes. Ellen recommended this show. Well, Dimity and I were talking about it and we both guiltily said to each other, have you been watching this? And Dimity said, well, let's recommend it because Amy will hate it. (laughs) I'm sorry. Little did you know. I wasn't meant to tell you that part. She's already told me, don't worry. Little did you know, I've had a few things going on and a few days off unwell, hence I was off the podcast last (laughs) week as well. And there is nothing better when you're sick at home than watching... Famous in Love. Now, it's currently on Stan in Australia, but you can find it online or it's come from America. So wherever you get... Hulu. Oh, Hulu in America. And it stars Bella Thorne as Paige Townsend, not Townsend, as she says with a D throughout. It's... They make a big point about her last name. I don't know why. And it's about a wannabe actress who wins her first audition into a multi-million dollar movie. So it's a bit like Twilight, the movie that she's won herself into. Well, acted herself into. <laughs> and it's made by the creator of Pretty Little Lies. And the, the tagline was, an ordinary college student's big break in a Hollywood blockbuster puts her in a tricky love triangle with her roommate, Jake, and her co-star, Raina. So Raina's the creative one because he's got a cool name. Mm. And apparently it's been cancelled after two I seasons. Know, it's already cancelled. I know that's my aunt. Oh, Which my is biggest. not the best recommendation. But I have to say, <laughs> I watched this, I went, this is, what is this? Yeah. And six episodes I later, the same. I can't stop watching it. I'm it's just like junk food. Yeah. Suddenly you've eaten three Big Macs. Oh, uh, it's so good. If you're if you've got a little need a bit of a doona day, get on to Famous in Love. I just back to backed it. Yeah, I just me too. It could not stop. Yeah. It was so funny. I yeah. mean, not funny. It's not funny. It's, it's a not drama. Funny. It's very serious. It's, it's very, very serious. serious. But it's kind of what's it similar to? I, like I want to say Nashville. It's kind of a Nashville. Oh, oh yeah, totally. yeah. I mean, because Nashville's focused on the music industry. This is yes. this is Hollywood, and Nashville had a rainer. This has got a rainer. Mm. <laughs> um, that's where the oh comparison ends. Yeah. But so many. Mm. I feel like I love it because the reason that it's cancelled is as dramatic as the show itself. I know. Yes. Yeah, because apparently there was a clash between the showrunner Marlene mm. King and star Bella Thorne. But then Marlene King tweeted and said there is no clash and we're mm. fine and we're cool. And because oh, I'm so excited. So there was a Hollywood Reporter article that came out and said, it's cancelled. And then Marlene King um, tweeted and said, no, it's not cancelled. And then, but actually it is cancelled. Mm-hmm. And then, but Bella Thorne and a lot of the cast, most of the cast actually found out that it was cancelled via that original oh, article. No. So Bella Thorne tweeted on the um, 27th of June as a result of this Hollywood Reporter article, 
if this is how I find out our show is cancelled, dot, dot, I'm going to be so upset. Very hurtful, freeform. I would have liked a phone call maybe. Mm. So actually, sorry, it was freeform, but I found it on Hollywood Reporter. Whatever, not important. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is huge. That is just typifies the plot lines of yep. this show. But the plot does make you, you know, have you ever just laid there daydreaming one time? You're like, I wonder what it would be like if I just suddenly was in yeah. a movie. This plot line does it for you. You see what would happen if you were dropped in to a multi-million dollar movie and it's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are a few tricky moments where oh, you've got yes. to try and keep your uni going at the same time. I'm like, just yeah. ditch the uni. Y'all, I was the same. How, take the a uni. Break How old the did uni? you guys feel when she was like, it's my big 21st <laughs> birthday soon? I was like, oh, fuck me. Why am I here? But anyway. She's um, very captivating. She, there is gorgeous. something about, yes. I think it's her eyes. Anyway, you should definitely all watch it. It's yes. on Stan in Australia, Hulu internationally. It's still being shown even though it's cancelled. So sad. But maybe, you know, maybe now's the time. Let's mobilise some people. Yeah, oh, yes. Get, we'll start an Australian audience. And yeah. Well, they did field. it for Nashville. That's true. true. So we might or be able to movie. save it. Oh, it'd be a good movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going home. Yeah, if <laughs> anyone's got more. a Kickstarter uh, link, you just send it right through, the millennial divide at gmail.com. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, so we're going to get potentially serious. I don't know. No. I don't know what the question is, so all right, yeah, could be like. a secret. Yeah, this is a secret. So oh, yeah. Ellen has got a question. I do. Please do share. Is it as uh, crazy as Dim's? Uh, what do you... <laughs> Whatever. Well, the first question you had was, am I pregnant? <laughs> Took a pregnancy test. No, I'm not. <laughs> okay, good. Elle, you are pregnant. We can answer I that. Am. Yes. I definitely the am. answer is yes. No. My question is, how much PDA is too much PDA? So public displays of affection. I was on the tram the other day and my goodness... Did I see, I would call it almost bedroom behaviour. And once I got on, there was this couple sitting there and they were intensely staring each other in the eyes. And I looked at them and they were sitting very close together, you know, hands on faces. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I thought at the start maybe the girl was feeling a little bit anxious because she she looked, you know, a bit worked up and her boyfriend, I'm assuming, put his hand on her face and really stared at her face. And I thought, okay, that's a bit odd. And then they gradually got closer and closer and he gradually moved his mouth just marginally closer to her mouth. And almost so they were nearly kissing, but not quite and held it there for quite a long time. I thought, okay, well, this is going to Was this a bachelor photo shoot? (laughs) It was like a that's what it was. It was a bachelor. It was exactly that, you know, when they have to hold it, but it was on the tram. And then this other woman came on, this older lady, and she sat down straight next to them. And by this stage, they were right next to each other and then started doing slow tongue kissing. <laughs> it, it was quite tantric. It was very disconcerting. And I was sitting next to this older guy next to me and I looked at him and he looked at me and we both just giggled. It's <laughs> like, what is that? Then they slow kissed, no joke, for five minutes, really slow tongue, lots of tongue, and then they both got off the tram and went in separate directions and the older guy next to me turned to me and said, they've been on here for 30 minutes and it's built up to that. (laughs) So I 
started feeling a bit, oh, this is making me feel a bit queasy. <laughs> but then I kind of thought, well, what was it that made me feel really uncomfortable? They're showing their love. That's lovely. You know, it's better than fighting. Oh, my God, you are such a better, you are such a better person than I am. I would have just been like, what the f- <laughs> I thought, am I approved? But then obviously not because you guys no, are no, I love it. No. I, so my thoughts on this are that absolutely it's a great idea and I'll tell you why, Ellen. Were you looking at your phone while this was? No, I was not. <laughs> Welcome to the real world, people. Okay, I've got a couple of I questions. I did think about taking a phone. <laughs> I have to show someone. Oh, your this. social media would have gone through the roof. Cozy. Yeah. I should have oh, listened to you before. I'm so Jeez. thrilled that that happened. I think that's a beautiful moment that you've witnessed. And they're doing it on a track. It's like it's how I feel about tattoos. It's like something that you stare at, and I think it's meant to be stared at. You know. Well, it felt they were not hiding not this hiding from it. anyone. Okay. Okay. So questions. Yes. What time of day did this happen? <laughs> Good question. Four thirty. <laughs> on a weekday? On a weekday. Oh, my God. All right. Well, how old were they? Oh, good question. Probably late 20s. Oh. Yeah, so they were older. They weren't teenagers. Oh, no, I thought that they were older, older, older. Oh, no, no. They are probably late 20s. Okay. Yeah. What were they? Were they like professional or no, what? Just wearing casual clothes, jeans, T-shirt. Okay. I love yeah. this. I loved it just watching them get off the tram. And go I literally don't think they said goodbye. I think oh. they just walked in different directions. So I'm so intrigued. Yeah, you think I it was a, maybe it was them. an experiment or something. I thought maybe they were having an affair. All right. If anyone was on that tram, when was it? How fre- frequently? This is a Probably Melbourne 10, tram. Yeah, coming into the city. All right. CBD Melbourne. Yeah. When? Oh, you're never going to find them. A week or so ago. <laughs> a week ago. <laughs> If anyone knows anything about this couple, please. Dim, how can they reach us? Oh, they can any, like throw a rock through my front window. <laughs> I want to hear from you. So you could email us at themillennialdivide at gmail.com or find us on the Instagrams or Facebook at the Millennial Divide. Oh, We've got a group. So too much PDA? Oh, no, I don't care. To my question, I don't care. Always. I just want to know the backstory. I want more. Wh- who are these yeah. people? I know. Why? Yeah. Where are they now? Why didn't they say goodbye? Yeah. Oh, so I've intriguing. got so many questions. I know. So did I. That's why I had to bring it up. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't care about the PDA. I agree with Dim. It gets you off uh, your phone. Yes. That's good. Yeah. Yes, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, I don't mm-hmm. want to see tongues. That's not bad. No. bad. I think. 4.30 p.m. is too early for That's tongues. too early. So. After five, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for painting yeah. that picture. That's on. great, Elle. Great question. And actually, <laughs> my mantra so really leads a lovely segue into this mantra. So the last couple of weeks have been a bit challenging for me. There's been a few things going on, but all is well now, so that is good. But what it has taught me is that my number one mantra is tell the people who you love that you love them. Every day, tell See, them that you love that's them. That's what they were doing. It doesn't on the mean tram. stick your, th- <laughs> your tongue down their throat, but I think we don't say that enough. No, and that's lovely. Life can change course very quickly, and you never know when that might happen. And just let those people who are closest, nearest, and dearest to you to say, you know, that you love them. So, dear Mel, love you. Claire, love, oh, love you. you. 
and just tell people as much as you can. So that's my mantra. So on that note, (laughs) we will finish. So this has been the Millennial Divide. If you've liked what you've heard, subscribe in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. A special mention to the amazing Rosie Waterland. What a hustler. (laughs) What a hustler. She was awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Rosie, for that really insightful conversation. I think we've all learned a lot. You can follow Rosie and her huge social profile on at Rosie Waterland on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the the lot. She is awesome to follow. We love seeing her content. Keep it up. I love the period undies. I was thinking about getting one. Don't get my period anymore. But anyway, still. Very clever. That's how convincing That's, she is. Yeah, no, she's a great chick and we love you, Rosie. So thanks for being a friend of the pod. Um, you can also rate, review or leave us a comment on any of your iTunes or Spotify. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to follow us as well on all the socials, which is at The Millennial Divide. We'd love to hear from you. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.